The word of the Lord from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. They go from strength to strength. In this moment, wherever you are becomes the courts of the Lord. Your home is the courts of the Lord. Your car is the courts of the Lord. He is with you. He is for you. He is working. How lovely is his dwelling place. He dwells in you. And it says he turns the valley of Baca into a place of springs. Baca means weeping and bitterness. It's those difficult moments. And this Psalm promises he turns them into places of springs and blessings. So we do what the Psalm says. We set our heart on pilgrimage. We're just passing through. We're just going through this season. We're just passing through 2020. You're just going through these circumstances. God is turning them something beautiful to gardens, to springs, to life-giving places as we go from strength to strength. Lord, come to your transforming work in us as we worship you. Let's join together and declare this faith as we join the worship team in declaring what God is going to do. I searched the world But it couldn't fill me And man's empty praise and treasures that fade Are never enough yeah. Then you came along And put me back together And every desire now satisfied, now hearing your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. To show you my weakness yes. My failures and flaws Lord, you've seen them all And you still call me friend Anybody a witness out there? Cause the God of the mountain yeah. Is the God of the valley
Every one of us has experienced moments that were difficult and God brought us through. Let's give him thanks for what he has done, amen? And some of you are in difficult, dry places of isolation right now. Let's praise him in advance for what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Lord, I just declare you're making a way there seems to be no way. You're bringing healing. You're bringing strength. You're bringing comfort. You're bringing life. You're bringing springs and gardens where there's barrenness. Lord, release that in your people in this moment. We declare it in faith and we receive that you are changing all these things for your glory and by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know that word hallelujah is a two Hebrew words. Halal means praise and Yah is short for Yahweh. So it's praise to Yahweh. And when we say, we're saying, God, we give you praise. And in reality, what we do in this moment, we give ourselves to God. So I guess you could put your name there instead of saying hallelujah, you say, Wayneluyah. Or you could say, Vonaluyah or Irenaluyah. Hallelujah. We give ourselves to the Lord. And here's Jollyluyah. <laughs> Jollyluyah indeed. That caught me off guard, y'all. <laughs> well, hello, Cathedral family. It's always good times and great vibes worshiping our God with you and with you, Dr. Wayne. I sure hope all of you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I sure did. And I don't know if it's okay for me to be raw and real with all of you, but I got to say, it was a miracle that I even walked on this stage because I thought for sure after eating all that turkey that the tech team would have to roll me up on a dolly. <laughs> well, they didn't have to roll me up on a dolly, but here at Cathedral, we are rolling out Christmas at Cathedral, and you are not going to want to miss out on all of the fun activities that we have going on. It's all going to kick off with our spectacular outdoor presentation that is taking place every night in December. It's going to feature an amazing animated show, lights, and every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's going to feature some of Cathedral's finest dancers, and we're so excited for you to come out and invite your unchurched friends and family members as well. Don't know if you can go to Christmas in the park, but you for sure can come to Christmas at Cathedral. Now, not only is that something to look forward to here at Cathedral, but also Pastor Ken is kicking off a new Christmas series next week, and you are not going to want to miss out on that. I believe that it is going to be messages that you need to hear so that you can imagine your life in our world differently because of our Lord and Savior, who is really the best gift of all. Now, Christmas at Cathedral is always special, but it's gonna be especially special in 2020 because we plan to finish 2020 Cathedral strong. Dr. Wayne? Amen and amen. Thank you, Jolie. So many ways Cathedral is giving. Giving hope, giving food, giving toys, giving life, giving joy, giving blessings. That's who God is and that's what he does through us. But there's a great passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, where Paul's writing and he says this, what do you have that you did not receive? Let me read that again. What do you have that you did not receive? Everything we have, every opportunity, every open door, every skill, every ounce of favor, it all comes from him. And in this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, we acknowledge God, you're the giver of all good gifts. And so we give to you. 
You can give online. You can give through the cathedral app. You can drop by the church office. We'd love to see you during the week from nine to five on Monday to Friday. Or you can mail it in in this moment of giving to the Lord because he has given so much to us. You can also text GIVE to the number on the bottom of the screen. It's a great way for you in this moment to acknowledge it all belongs to Him. And so, Lord, I pray that for each of us, all those things that have our names on them, that we think belong to us, they really came from you. They're yours. You're the source of all things. And so we acknowledge that in this moment as we bring our gifts to you. You give and give and give. And Lord, in our desire to be like you, we give in this moment as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, what a great privilege we have this weekend. A longtime friend of Cathedral of Faith, Pastor Dave Sawkins, is here to bring the word of the Lord. He pastored in our San Jose community for decades, leading leaders and blessing so many people. And you know, he could have after all those years said, hey, this has been a great life. Let me kick back and just relax. But he reminds me of a guy in the Bible named Caleb. Caleb and Joshua were the two men who came out of the promised land and told Moses, look, by faith, we can do this. But the children of Israel hung out for 40 years before they even took the step. But at age 80, Caleb said, I'm going in. I'm believing God can still do this. And that reminds me of Pastor Dave. Even though he's pastored for decades, he's now a missionary working in Mexico serving. It's our privilege to be praying for him regularly and giving to him. He is down there sharing the good news, leading people to Christ, making disciples, and here this weekend to help us be better disciples. Here's Pastor Dave Sawkins. Well, Pastor Wayne, thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. It's just good to be here at Cathedral. And I hope that uh, all of you who are listening, and Pastor Wayne, that you've had a marvelous Thanksgiving, and you gave God praise for the awesome things that he's been doing in your life. And let me be the uh, first one to say to you, Merry Christmas, because we're on the countdown right now. And I'm sure that all of you are like Jesus. You have all your Christmas shopping already done. You know, at least I'm, I'm, I'm working at it. I sent out... Uh, uh, emails beginning in October saying to the grandkids and the kids, give me the list because I'm starting already. And usually by the end of this month, I'm done and I'm praying for that kind of miracle this year. Now, I know here at Cathedral that you constantly say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But Wayne, let me remind you of something that uh, you need to wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. So for all of you who are listening and participating, make sure you're staying safe. Listen, there's a friend of mine a number of years ago who was uh, having a new member fellowship. He had a large church back in the, uh, the Northeast. And every few months he would invite into his home those who had joined the church over the last several months. And they would have some food together and fellowship time. And then there would be a more formal time where they would sit down in his large living room and he would say, what's your name? What's your name? And uh, tell me a little bit of your story. And he said on one particular evening, there was a young lady who uh, sat down on the floor and her eyes were just dancing and dancing. And he said, as he began to say to people, you know, give me your name and tell me a little bit something about you. He said, I decided I was going to call on her first. And so he said, I looked at her and asked her for her name, and she gave her name. And he says, and, and who are you? And she gave him this uh, rather intriguing answer. Uh, she said to him, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, skillfully disguised as a mechanic. Now, there's a word we don't hear of very, more, very often. It's not, you know, mechanic, but we don't hear the word disciple much anymore. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my younger friends like to use the term Christ followers more than they like to use the term disciple. But if you get over to Matthew 28, as Jesus is getting ready to descend into heaven, uh, he says to his disciples, go and make disciples in all the world, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I've asked you to observe. And so what he says is that I've sent you out. When you get done teaching them, make sure you send them out. But when I was growing up in the church, I was a little confused about this word discipleship because uh, the church that I was growing up in talked a lot about 
knowing, knowledge, understanding God's word, but didn't talk a whole lot about the doing. So a number of years ago, I was up at the hospital visiting some of the church family, which I've been in hospital a lot as a pastor, visiting church family and friends. And as I was walking down this particular hallway to see one of the ladies in our church who was also a personal friend, I saw the doctor come walking out of the room. And so I walked in the room. The doctor was about 10 feet beyond the room at that time. When I walked in, I saw her and called her by name, gave her a little hug. But I saw this kind of confused look on her face. And I said, what, what's up? I said, I just saw the doctor leave your room. He says, well, she said he walked in. And I said, doctor, how's it going? He says, well, I got good news for you. And she said, man, I got really excited. And I said to him, well, what's the good news? And she said, the doctor looked at her and said, you've got to have surgery. And she paused for a moment, she said, and finally looked at him and said, why do you seem so excited about this? And he looked, she said, with this great big smile on his face, she said, you know, when I was in medical school, we studied all about this. But in my internship, when we learned how to do it, I was sick that week. And I've never done one of these before. And I'm really excited about this. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you want that guy to work on you? Well, not me. I've had surgeries, and one of the questions that I ask people, how many of these have you already done? So let me give you a thought here as we uh, begin to look through this. Our salvation is not a rival. It's a mission to begin living the life that God has called us to in Christ Jesus. In other words, God has a plan for us, but that plan involves some Two things specifically. One is a teaching, to understand about Jesus and God, and that's our theology, but also to understand their heartbeat and their own DNA, we might say, of how we live life here on the face of the earth. And so that's the second part of it. We have an education, and then we have a skillful training where God trains us to do the things that he wants us to do to his glory. So what I want to do today is to look in what I call the discipleship mirror. In other words, before I came here, Probably after you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror and you took care of things. I look in the mirror and I take care of things and I see my face is getting older. I have a DNA in me that makes my face dry, so I got to pick off all that skin that doesn't belong there. But we do this check every once in a while to make sure that we're okay. If we get over to the Gospel of John, John says to us there are three mirrors. <coughs> Excuse me, the first is found in John, the eighth chapter, where Jesus says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue to obey or to continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So how do I know if I'm living the disciple life? Well, the first thing is that I am continuing in his word. I'm doing the things that he's asking me to do, living the life that he's asking me to live. And I have to tell you, we need to do it the way that he asked us to do it. For instance, I had, well, you all know Pastor Kenny. A number of years ago, do you remember, he lost a lot of weight. And I saw him after he lost all that weight, and I said, Ken, how'd you do this? Well, he said, I went to the doctor, and I had high blood pressure. I had uh, high cholesterol, and I had too much weight. And uh, I said to the doctor, how do I take care of this? And Ken said, the doctor said to him, Ken, it's really easy. He says, when you, when you go home and you get your plate out, you got to make sure you got, you got reds on the plate, you got greens on the plate, and you got yellows on the plate. And then you'll be okay. And so Ken went home, and the next day he called the doctor, who's a friend of his, and said, man, I feel better than I've lived in, felt in a long time. And he, he, the doctor said, well, what do you do? He said, I went home, just like you said. I made sure I had greens and yellows and reds. He said, I came home and put a lot of red M&Ms in here, a lot of green M&Ms in here, a lot of yellow M&Ms in here, and I, I ate them all, and I feel wonderful. Now, listen, that's not quite following the way that the doctor was talking to him. But the doctor was saying, you've got to have some good vegetables out here. What Jesus says, if I'm going to live life, I have to have his word inside of me. You know, uh, in my own personal life, probably when I was a, a senior in high school, I was in the best shape that I've ever been in. I was taking a PE class at 8 o'clock every morning throughout my entire senior year of high school. And when I got there for the first day, I was looking at the slip of paper I had that told me when my class was, but it didn't have a teacher's name. And so I began to say to the other guys, who's, who's our teacher? And they said, it's the new guy. 
And I said, the new guy. I said, yeah, it's the new guy. I said, who's the new guy? We don't know the new guy. And all of a sudden, a guy came out that we didn't know, and he read off a lot of names, and my name was on there, and he put us on numbers, and he said, I'm the new guy. And his name was Carl. And he said to us, he said, I've just retired from the Marine Corps, and I was a drill instructor. And he said, just so you'll know, by the time that you will complete this class with me this year, you'll be in the best shape that you've ever been in before, or you'll be dead. And he meant it. But I went to this high school that used to be a college. They had the football field and the track and big concrete bleachers. And he said to us, he said, follow me. And he took off on a run, and we ran up some steps and down some steps and up some steps to those bleachers and down the steps. And we got to the other side of the bleachers at the end of it. And we said, let's go play some ball. And he said, gentlemen, that was his favorite term, gentlemen. He says, you see those chin-up bars? He says, I want five apiece. And so we went over and started doing five chin-ups. I got to tell you, there's a few guys that hadn't ever done chin-ups, and we had to put our, our, our hands around their waist and hoist them up and help them do their chin-ups. And when we all got done with our chin-ups, he said, uh, we said, let's play some ball. And he said, gentlemen, follow me. And we took us off to the cross-country track, way out to the backside of the school. And we ran all the way around and all the way around to the other side of the bleachers. And when we got over there, he said, now we can play some ball with about five minutes left in class. We did that same thing every day of PE that entire year. But the only time that Carl ran it with us was that very first day. We affectionately called him, his last name is Scavarna. We said General Scavarna. That's what we affectionately called him. And so he would send us up, and we'd start the bleachers. He would stand at the football field and then go over behind the other bleachers where he couldn't see us. And the trick was that when you got done running the bleachers, because you had to run the bleachers, you would hide behind the bleachers. And then when the general would go to the other side of the bleachers where he couldn't see you, you would run across the track, run across the football field, run across the other part of the track, hide behind the other bleachers. And when the guys that had run the whole thing came running in, you would throw yourself in the middle of the pack, go running in with everybody, and fall down at the general's feet going, <laughs> And then he would begin to take roll. And you didn't know whether you were caught until he came to your name. And he would come to my name and he said, Sawkins, I saw you, Sawkins. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, you want me to go run the cross-country track? He said, no, I want you to run the whole thing. And I have to tell you, much of us are like this. We know what God says to us and what he wants us to do. We know his word but we keep trying to take shortcuts. And because we take shortcuts, we don't get the blessing that God wants us to have, and we fall down on his feet, breathing hard, and he said, I've seen you, and you're going to have to run it again all over because you're not going to learn the lesson until you do everything that I really want you to do. And when you do that, the blessing will come. And I want you to notice a couple of blessings that are here. There are two blessings. You will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. In other words, if you're listening to his word and asking him to show you the things that need to take place, he's going to truth your life. Now, he's going to truth your life about how to have a good relationship with him and his heavenly father, God our father. But he's also going to teach you about how to have a good relationship with your kids, how to love yourself the way that he loves you, how to be a good employer, a good employee, how to be a good spouse how to take care of your finances, because all those things are found in God's Word, and He truths those things to us. And when He does, then what we receive is a freedom to live life the way He wants us to live life. So He says to us, we will know the truth, the truth will make us free. There's a little song that says it this way, in God's presence, your heart becomes free, and your shame is undone. Because when I live in His presence, the goodness of His life begins to come to me. Now, let me share with you. I don't know how many of you know uh, uh, Charlie Brown, the cartoon character. But years ago, I was looking at a cartoon. He was standing on the pitcher's mound, and his ball glove and the ball were, were on the ground, and his head is hung down, and he says, there's this caption up here that says, 99 to nothing. How could we lose when we were so sincere? And let me share with you, you can be sincerely wrong about something. So that's why God gives us his word 
that we can understand what it is. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in, in what his has written to us that the Apostle Paul just simply says that the Word of God is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. And in being God-breathed, it has a way of how to tell us to get on the path. It has a way of telling us how to get off the path. It has a way of telling us how to get back on the path and how to stay on the path. And if you're like me, there are times you've been on the path, and either because of temptations or your own foolishness, or sometimes just your desire for evil, you fall off the path. And when we fall off the path, we think we've lost it all. But the Word of God comes and says, this is how you get back on the path. This is how you stay on the path after you get back on it. And so the Word of God is to continue in our life. So what is a disciple? He's somebody who's continuing in God's Word and finding truth and experiencing the freedom that God wants them to have. Now, what does this mean, to be free? It means that you're living life in the awesomeness of God loves. It means that all things are possible in Christ. What does it mean to be free? It means knowing that God has a life planned for you and for me. What does it mean to be free? It means I, I, I don't have to live in deception and bondage because God sets me free from the bondages that come into my life that hold me back from experiencing the goodness he has for me in my life. Now, here's the next thing, the next mirror that I looked into. Jesus says this in John 13, 35. He says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus says, I want you to love each other just as I love you. And how will people know that you are my disciples? I got to tell you, it's not just because you show up at church. And it's not because you have a Bible on your desk. Jesus said the way people will know that I'm his disciples is by the way I love a few years ago, there was this marvelous movie came out. Tom Hanks starred in it. It was about a little bit about the life of Mr. Rogers. Any of you remember Mr. Rogers? Will come to the neighborhood. See, I'm a little older than that. We had romper room and things like that. But you know, for Mr. Rogers, everybody knows who Mr. Rogers is. And it was an interesting story that goes along with the movie, where there's a guy by the name of Lloyd who has been emotionally damaged by his father. And he comes in contact to, with Mr. Rogers because he's a journalist and he's been given an assignment to write on the life of Mr. Rogers. Now, usually when he writes on people's life, he's not complimentary. And his wife knows that. So at one point she says to him, don't ruin my childhood by saying anything negative about Mr. Rogers. But there's a point in the movie where Mr. Rogers and Lloyd are meeting in a, a kind of a cafe and everybody's recognizing that this is Mr. Rogers, and the place kind of becomes quiet because everybody's listening in to what they're saying. And Mr. Rogers looks across to, to Lloyd and says to him, listen, why don't we just be quiet for a moment? And why don't you think of all the people in your life, and catch these words, who have loved you into life? And you can see the whole restaurant go quiet. And people begin to think about who's loved them into life. I have to tell you, I'm old enough now. At Thanksgiving time like this, I sit back and begin to ask God to give me the pictures in my mind of all those who have loved me into life. And it's amazing the amount of people that God has sent into my life. The other day, I had somebody walk up the front door. They were bringing me some uh, papers. And uh, the first guy, the thing the guy said to me when I opened the door, he says, your lawn is beautiful. Because my lawn is one of the greenest lawns in all of our community. It is green, green, green. And I wanted to say to him, oh, yeah, we really take care of it. But the truth is, I have a friend who's a botanist. And every once in a while, Keith shows up at my house, knocks on the door, and he has these big buckets of, of smelly, fish mulch of some type and fertilizers and everything. And he says, I just want you to know that I'm here. And he begins to throw all the stuff on my, on, on my front and back lawn. And, and, and if I don't watch it very closely, it looks like I'll begin to, to live in a rainforest because the thing just grows, grows, and grows. And I have to tell you, every time he shows up, he's a big guy. He's full of Jesus, laughter, and joy. And he loves me into life. What am I saying to you? In this Thanksgiving season, 
when somebody begins to think about who has loved them into life, does your picture come up in somebody's mind? Because Jesus says the way people will know that we belong to him is that we love differently than everybody else. And in the midst of that love, just like serving all the food back here in the parking lot and the giveaways that you do every week here at Cathedral, you're given an opportunity to love on people and they know that you are loving them into life and they thank God for what you've done in the midst of their life. The third thing that's here is the Bible says this, this is to my Father's glory. This is number three. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my what? My disciples, John 15, 8. Now, what did Jesus say before that? Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if I am in you, and you are in me, you will bear what? Spiritual fruit. Here's what I found in the garden that I grow. We have tomatoes, and we've had squash, and we've got chilies, and I've got a lemon tree, and I've got a cherry tree, and I've got an apple tree, is that when the life comes in from the vine, the branch can't help but produce fruit. And so a disciple stays attached to Jesus, and fruitfulness begins to show up in their life. Let me tell you a story from when I was a child. One day I was out walking, and I got hungry. And I walked by an apple tree, and it had these beautiful, beautiful apples on it. And so I decided I would borrow one. You know what I'm talking about? And so I looked around that tree, and I saw what I thought was a pretty nice apple, and I got ready to borrow it. And just as I put my hand up to begin to touch the, the, the apple to, to pluck it, a voice came out of nowhere, get your hands off. Scared the daylights after me, out of me. I backed off and I looked around and I didn't see anybody and I said, what's going on here? And nobody said anything to me and so I went back to that same apple and I put my hand up underneath that apple and I was about ready to pluck it again and all of a sudden out of nowhere came these words, get your hands off. And I began to look around again and there was, there was, no, there was nobody there. And I thought to myself, you've been going to Sunday school too much. Your conscience is getting to you. What's going on here? And I finally, I finally said out loud, who's talking to me? Now, you got to play along with me here. And all of a sudden, this tree said, I am. <laughs> and I said, trees don't talk. And this tree says, well, I, I do. And I said, I don't know what else to call him. I said, Mr. Apple Tree, can I have an apple? And the apple tree said, no. My apples are for me. And I paused for a moment and I said, foolish apple tree, apples are for people. And I could see that he was thinking about it a moment. And then he said, okay, you can have one. And he lowered the branch, and I went over and I saw that apple, and I gently plucked it off the tree. And I went, Now, I have to tell you, every good apple has to have at least three huffs. And I took that apple and I bit into it, chewed it up, and then I took another bite out of it, and then another one. And I said, Mr. Apple Tree, these are the best apples that I have ever eaten. And he lowered the branch again. And he said, would you like to have another one? Now you're saying, Pastor Dave, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is God's going to put spiritual fruit in your life. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, God's going to give you an opportunity through Jesus to bless the life of someone else. And you're going to find out that all of a sudden there's a fruit that's been developed in your life. 
in a hungry world is going to come your way. God is going to send somebody your way to eat of that spiritual fruit. Because listen what the verse says. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And when you allow a hungry world that God sends to you, it could be the next-door neighbor, it could be somebody at work, it could be a relative, it could be a child, it could be a parent, it could be a close friend or somebody you've just met. When God sends them your way and you allow them to pluck of that fruit and they eat of the goodness of God, they don't walk away saying, what a great tree that is. They walk away saying, what a great God that tree must have to produce fruit like this. See, there's the mirror of our discipleship. It begins with my salvation, and then I begin to walk the journey of faith with Jesus Christ. And how do I know how I'm doing? Well, I'm continuing in his word. I hear what he has to say to me. I read his word to understand it. I allow his Holy Spirit to direct me through what his word says to me. I begin to love the way he wants me to love. And I have to tell you, that's a choice. There's a lot of love, unloving things in our world, and you just have to choose to love, and you choose to love because you're attached to Jesus. And when you do that, wonderful things begin to happen in your own life. And people are blessed and your picture comes into their mind. And then you allow yourself to stay connected to Jesus and you just ask God, God, let me be fruitful. And he begins to put a fruit in your life and he sends somebody your way that they can pluck and eat to the glory of God. May God bless you as you look in the mirrors that we can walk with him and know him Bless others become a, because of him and be blessed in doing things for him. For I ask this for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I've had good days, I've had bad days, tasted victory and defeat. I've had problems big as planets turn to pebbles when you speak. I've had nothing to my name, never lacked for anything. Cause you were there with me. You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My I stand before you guilty Oh, your mercy bears my blame When in pride I think I'm worthy You point out the price you pay When I wander far away You keep calling out my name Cause you don't give up on me You've been my savior, sustainer Healer, Redeemer, again and again My 
you've always been oh yes i thank you jesus yes god you've always been Cathedral of Faith. How's it, What's Cathedral? Up? Come on in. Woo! This is The Wrap. Welcome, everybody. Happy in. Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, how about as you're entering into this uh, segment, you type in the chat something that you are grateful for. Thanks. What are you guys grateful for? I'm grateful for Cathedral of Faith. Wow. I'm thankful yes. for Christmas coming. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm grateful for the person who invented Sweet potato pie. Oh, <laughs> yes, sweet it's a, potato pie. It's a great pie. addition to the world. But nevertheless, we're going to jump in. Pastor yeah. Dave Salkins did a wonderful job, absolutely wonderful job of just hitting such a core message for us of how to be a disciple of Christ yeah. and the importance of it. And so we're just going to unpack some of his message here. And uh, we're blessed to have our discipleship yes. pastor, Pastor yes. Mike. Pastor Thank Mike. you for being here. So, Pastor Mike, like in this, this is your arena, man, the area of discipleship. So what stuck out to you? Thank you. The, there was two words that he elaborated on that really hit home with me. One was a disciple, and the second one was love. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware that these things are not instantaneous. I can't just go to San Diego to a conference and come back. <laughs> I'm a disciple. Yeah. Like a, yeah. <laughs> it takes time. It's a process that takes time. And so it cannot be rushed. That's good. It has to be where I'm, I stay attached, as he said, mm -hmm. Dave Sawkins said, attached to the vine. Yeah. Attached to it so I can be continuously fed and right. grow. So good. Yeah, he, he kind of, uh, he said the trendy word of his friends was the Christ follower right yeah. and and the disciple right that you mentioned is there's a there's a there's a different baggage of of understanding that comes with disciple than there is of follower we follow people on Twitter we follow people on Instagram or Facebook but following Christ is not just mm. simply watching his information pass by there's a lot of activity and discipline in that process right so that's yeah. a great distinction yeah. and the uh, the verse that he used acting in disciple is it Jesus said, if I will know you if you continue to believe in me and continue to obey. Yeah. So it doesn't, like you said, it's a long process, Pastor Mike, right? Because mm -hmm. like we can't just obey and believe one time and yeah. stop. You're there. We have to continue to practice Very to good. believe and obey the word of God. I, you know, I love his, he talked about the, the physical education experience yeah. right. man, I'm, I'm gonna be call myself general corpus from here on out. <laughs> just barking out orders <laughs> but he talked about that that whole experience and he they understood the value of it and why it was important but then they figured things out they figured how to go hide behind the bleachers mm -hmm. and figured out ways not to do mm. the work and pastor pastor Sawkins says you know there's no shortcuts mm. right in discipleship wow. just like physical education physical outcomes there are no shortcuts one step at a time yes. one rep at a time yeah one day at a time mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i think that's a great place for for us as as i did for myself to be like okay god ask the question god where are there places in my life that i need to align myself in obedience yes. to you whether it's ignorant i don't know or whether i have taken a shortcut in this area and i think the holy spirit is a gentleman like he's so sweet but so like life cutting that he will he will speak to us and he will gently guide us in the right direction it's his loving kindness that brings us to repentance but all that because his promise says if you continue to obey you will know the truth and the truth will set you free mm. there's so many areas in my life that i want to be set free in Amen. and i think he kind of lays yeah. it out for us where are those areas that i need discipline mm -hmm. yeah. in my life to become a, a true disciple mm -hmm. right yeah pastor mike another thing that stood out to me was when he said that Jesus said, go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Well, what type of a disciple would I produce yes. if I haven't taken the time right. to enhance <laughs> me or right. develop me? Come on. Because I tell people, you know, Pastor Mike's love can be easily offended, easily angered, mm. easily, you know, obnoxious. So am I going to produce that type? And then if we look at ourselves as people that attend church, if I don't tie them, I encouraging other people to not tithe. If I don't attend worship or, or service, what am I producing wow. in others? And I think earlier you co communicated that this process takes time, mm. takes time. And so we can't rush Jesus. Sure. He determines. Yeah, you, we can't manufacture fruit. Mm -hmm. No. You, we've, 
with all our technology, with all, we can't simply put a couple ingredients together and poof, it makes an apple, right? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a mysterious, divine. amazing, divine, orderly process that mm -hmm. produces his fruit. And, and I think the same way, like you're, what you're, if I gather what you're saying, Pastor Mike, you're not saying, I just can't add these things off the shelf, put no. them in my life, and now I'm a fruit tree. Or, or I've something. arrived. I've right, already yeah. arrived. Right. Because wow. we don't know when we've arrived. No, we don't. Wow. We never and then that. he said that the fruits that we mm. produce is for the benefit of others. Mm. Mm. Right. That's right. So that's, that's another big one. Mm -hmm. So whatever we're, yeah. you know, coming out in our whether it's angry or love or whatever it is, mm. that's what's is going to benefit others. So we want to be positive. We want truly the fruit of the spirits mm. to come out in us. Amen. And just how he started when he said, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, skillfully designed as a mechanic. Mm. I love yes. that because yeah. it wasn't like, I'm just a mechanic. No, I'm skillfully designed yeah. to mm. be a mechanic. So wherever we're at, that's a skillful design that God has placed so yeah. that we can reach and, and bear fruit for others. Which it's is really it's not a nuance. It's a fundamental difference, yeah. right? Yes. To 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 say that I'm a, a Christ disciple, right. um, designed as a mechanic, versus I'm a I'm a I'm a mechanic, but I believe in Jesus too, mm -hmm. right? It, this it's a fundamental, yeah. you know, and, paradigm. And you know, Pastor Vaughn, we're no longer an agricultural society. Mm -hmm. So good. Nor are yeah. we industrial like we once were and mm -hmm. became after World War II. Yeah. And now we're a technological society, and we understand that we want it rapidly. Mm -hmm. Well, the farmer doesn't go out once he plants the seed and start picking fruit. Right. <laughs> He's got to wait. Yeah. He's got to take his time. And so once we give ourselves to Christ and we allow him to, we submit to him and say, God, take the time to develop in me what you want to develop in me. That's right. Do what you need to do in me. Wow. And I think that's the the core of the message, mm -hmm. pastor's message was the mirrors of mm -hmm. discipleship. Mm -hmm. And everything we're doing here is talking about this experience of looking in the mirror and seeing exactly what needs to be worked on. Yeah. What are the things um, that we need to either recognize in ourselves and change and, and yeah. clean up and maybe get right. And really good. this whole mirror idea, it's a daily thing. We mm -hmm. look yeah. at ourselves. Yeah. Daily in the so, mirror. So let me, let me, let me put, it, put you guys on the spot. Like how, how do we do that? like in a practical sense, how do we look in the mirror this week and say like, how am I doing in this area? How am I doing in these areas? Or, how, or what kind of prayers can we pray? Like what comes to your mind as, as we hear the great message and we agree with it, that's one thing, but now how do we live this? How do we, how do we put it into motion? I understand that the Bible says that the spirit, the candle of the Lord is the spirit in man. And so when David said, Show me, dear God, if there be any wickedness in me. That's a hard prayer to pray because the Lord's going to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Go and make it right. That's good. And after you do that, go and make disciples. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe hearing, hearing from God and, yes. and, and Holy Spirit yes. conviction, consciousness, like, you know, just uh, self-assessment of some, some degree. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Put, putting yourself before the Lord. Yeah, I like the verse of 2 Timothy 3.16, right? When they say the scripture will correct, direct you, and convict you. Mm -hmm. The beauty about it is like when we read the word of God, mm -hmm. it's active and alive. Mm -hmm. So when they convict us, it doesn't uh, leave us convicted. No. It actually gives us, mm -hmm. uh, set us free. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's like That's as good. I read the word of God and like getting convicted, that most of the time I am getting That's convicted. Good. That's <laughs> so good. So I just really, truly help the, ask the Holy Spirit, okay, that's really Let's good. Let's do the work then. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. How about this one too? Like, how about looking at the people who are closest to you? Oh, gosh. And, um, and what I mean by that is like in your marriage or in your kids. Like there's, there's some times where I, I see a reaction from my son and I'm like, that's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He got that that's from so me. True. You know, or how about, so you know, true. with your, with your spouse or, or your yeah. good, your circle of friends and be like, cause you know, we, we 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 are the sum of who we 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 are around the most, right? Yeah, and so, so like there, that fruit that you mentioned too earlier, mm -hmm. Pastor Mike, of how mm -hmm. we are it's it's uh, affecting those around us, mm -hmm. you know. And we're yeah. our fruit is affecting people, whether yeah. it be good fruit or bad fruit. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's a great measured measuring tool too. Like yeah. how are people responding to you? Yeah. Like how and, and real quick, just to add on everything. I mean, 
if you're like me and you, you do more things wrong than right, <laughs> and I'm looking in the mirror, what if, what if we focus on the things we are doing right mm -hmm. and, and do that again, mm -hmm. do more of that? Mm -hmm. And I've, I believe that Holy Spirit will speak to us in those moments mm -hmm. and speak something new out of that. Right? He speaks more life into Amen. that and, and, and you start to get more things right than you do wrong. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of want to like turn on a dime here. I want to end differently this, mm -hmm. this, uh, this week. Um, Pastor Mike, again, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you for you. the way that you've yes. discipled yes. so many Amen. for so many years mm -hmm. uh, in the kingdom of God, but specifically yes. here at Cathedral of Faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you've, every week you are putting in the work mm -hmm. and there is great fruit yes. from your life yes. here in our church. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if maybe you would pray us out this weekend. Mm, yeah. Just say a prayer for those who are listening. Maybe there's a, a new Christ follower Amen. or a disciple yes. that's listening or someone who's been here for years and maybe they're getting tired or growing weary and well-doing. Mm -hmm. So maybe just pray a prayer over our church as we move forward in this. Heavenly Father, there is faith and there is hope and there is love. And yes. you encourage the Apostle Paul to say, and the greatest of these is love. Mm. And as was mentioned earlier, if people said to us, are you a Christian? We can answer, why do you ask me? Ask my wife. Ask my husband. Ask the people I work with. They'll tell you if I'm a Christian. Lord God, let me go to you. Because David said, I would rather, when he was asked to either take the plague or to be attacked by an army, said, God, let me fall into your hands because you always restore. So let me come to you, Lord God, and all of us to be restored by your Holy Spirit. And the measure of that development will be your love in us for others. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you guys Amen. so much for, for being a part of this rap yeah. session. Whoa. Pastor Mike, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, those Cathedral of Faith family. Man, we have so much to be grateful for this Thanksgiving weekend. Continue to be grateful and watch what God will do in our lives. That's and as right. we continue to live this out together as disciples, Yo. not Christ followers, right? Yeah. We're <laughs> disciples, right? All right. God bless you. We love you guys. And as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap.